Welcome to this edition of Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets, Australia's number one website for expert investment analysis. Buy, Hold, Sell is a weekly show where two fund managers share their views on a selection of listed companies in their area of expertise. Buyers and sellers are what make the market, and you'll find that our guests don't always agree on the stocks being covered. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast player to be the first to receive new episodes each week. If there are stocks you'd like our guests to discuss, let us know by leaving a comment in the review segment. Remember, the views expressed in this show are not recommendations to invest. You should seek appropriate investment advice before making any investment decisions. And of course, please read the disclaimer in the show's notes. Let's get into the show. I've said it before and I'll say it again, this year has been extremely tough on investors. So if you could start from scratch, would you? Hi, I'm Ali Selby and today on Buy, Hold, Sell, I'm joined by Ben Clark from TMS Capital and Henry Jennings from Marcus Today for a full portfolio reset. We're gonna find out what these fundies want in their hypothetical portfolios, as well as the stocks they would be avoiding. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jen. Such a pleasure to have you on as always. First up, let's talk about some of the volatility we've seen this year. Obviously, there's been some really clear winners and losers. We've kind of seen that reverse now, tech and consumer discretionaries are starting to lift again, materials and energy are being sold off. Could now be a good time to reset your portfolio? I might start with you, Ben. Um, Yeah, I think so. I mean, our sort of approach is not to try and bet the house on one trend happening in the market against another trend, because I think it's just almost impossible to predict. And I could make a really good case for why in the second half of the year, material and energy could bounce back again, or tech could get sold off again. But no one really knows, because there's a lot of different outliers that will control it. So to me, it's about having a good balance in your portfolio where you're exposed to different parts of the market. But the thing I've learned, which is the most important, is having the highest quality exposure to those different things. So trying to, not trying to you know, sort of bet the house on which way the market's going to move or the trends are going to happen, but betting on the best companies and letting it play out. Henry, do you think now is a good time for a portfolio overhaul? Um, I think it probably is. I mean, we've gone through a period of of serious volatility. And usually when we talk about volatility, it's negative, let's face it. We don't talk about about positive volatility. We don't say, oh, it's been really volatile, we've done really well. It's usually we've done really badly. So we have gone through this period and we're going to go through, I think, another six months of this. Although we've kind of hit this calm spot at the moment, it feels a bit like the eye of the storm to some extent. And I think as the European winter starts to pay or take its toll on energy prices, and we're already seeing this in Europe at the moment with gas prices and coal prices, I think we're going to start to see volatility come back into play. So it's probably not a bad time to reset portfolios. What has worked in the past or in the last six months or a year may not work in the next six months or a year. You touched on it a little bit there. Are there any other macro headwinds that you think are still perpetuating in the market? Oh, there are so many. (laughs) I mean, I don't think I've ever known um, a climate where we have so many macro headwinds. I mean, the biggest one, of course, is inflation. Mm. And there is a whole generation of fund managers, and Ben's young enough to be part of that, that have never really seen inflation, 
everybody's seen interest rates go up. I'm old enough. I had a mortgage when they hit 17% in the UK. Um, that, was, that was kind of hurtful. Um, so I remember doing my homework by candlelight in the 70s when inflation was rampant. And in those days, when Maggie Thatcher first came in, we all concentrated on M2, money supply, how much money was in the system, because that was a leading indicator of how much inflation there was. But we've forgotten that. We're not interested in that anymore. So I think that is the biggest headwind, is the inflation, and whether we can kill it off uh, with the oil price coming down, of course, that, that really does help. But, um, you know, there's so many headwinds at the moment. Geopolitical, Taiwan, Ukraine, you, you know, there's a shopping list. Are there any other headwinds you'd want to mention there? I, I, there are. I mean, I think um, what's going on in the property market in China is, like if I was picking sort of one thing that people aren't talking about that they could be talking about in the next six to 12 months, that to me is something that looks kind of worrying, but, you know, it's sort of, there's so much going on that no one's really paying any attention to it. But the second half of the year, I mean, we're in this weird period, Ali, where, you know, we've, we've had one inflation print that was a bit milder than expected, and it feels like there's just been this huge sigh of relief, and, you know, the money's all gone back to the stuff that got beaten up when we were worrying about inflation. And there are real signs that this could be the start of a downward trend, but it could also go the other way. Inflation can become psychological and it can continue to persist even though there's actually no reason it is persisting. And that's what I think central banks are really worried about. Okay, we started off a little bit sombre, but let's lighten the mood a tiny Sorry. bit. Yeah. Ben, where are you finding opportunities right now? In which sectors are you finding the most opportunities? Well, for me, because I, I, I do think the jury is still out for now as to whether we have seen the peak of inflation. And, you know, I hope that is right, but it needs to be strangled out. For me, it's businesses that um, are probably more mature growth stocks, I would call them. So they're a little bit more defensive. They're growing, but it's not that hyperscale growth that some companies are seeing. And they're much more reasonably priced. And I, I think for now, you know, to me, that's kind of the safer area of the market. So, you know, businesses like an, an REA or a CSL or a Seek or those sort of companies um, where if you open your eyes in another few years, I think the earnings will be a fair bit higher um, and the valuations aren't crazy. And so they're going to be less sensitive to movements in bond yields. That feels like a good place to me to be. Okay, over to you, Henry. Ben's backing more defensive growth stocks. How about you? What sectors are you finding opportunities right now? Well, at the moment, there's, there's been a massive push into stocks that have been shorted. Yeah. I mean, there's been a short squeeze like you've never seen before. Um, you know, Lake Resources, and we're going to talk about that uh, later, and Zip and all these companies. you just got to look down the list of shorts, and those are the ones that are performing really well, apart from maybe Flight Centre, which is up there. <laughs> but, um, you know, that, that's been some serious opportunity momentum trades. Um, but as far as looking for the longer term, I think some of the, the, the really dull, boring stocks, I mean, Brambles, that was a good number from them today. Brambles is always seen as a kind of a dull, boring logistics provider, wooden pallets. Now, timber prices have come down, that's helping them. Plastic pallets, they're not doing that in the US either, that's helping them. So these kind of maybe duller, boring stocks, the one that I love, which I think is the ultimate technology stock, and I've talked about this before, is Transurban. And everyone looks at me as if I'm completely balmy, um, because it's just, they've built this fantastic platform. They are toll roads, but it's still a platform. Every time a car goes past and goes boop, 
it gets straight down to the platform. They don't have to upgrade the platform. There's no Transurban 2.0. It's a fantastic stock. And not only that, but the tolls are mandated against inflation. It's brilliant. I mean, it's, and they've got a, a complete monopoly. Okay, Henry, I'm going to pose the hypothetical question right. to you today. If you could start from scratch, would you? Uh, from scratch, zero, uh, zero stocks. Yes, I would. And what would be your top three holdings? My top three holdings? Well, you'd have to put, I'm an old Macquarie banker, so I'd have to put Macquarie in there, because it does give you market exposure. I'd have to put a lithium stock in there as well. I am a big lithium bull and have been. What would be your lithium stock? I th well, you have to go, I think you have to go with a producer. You have to go with one that is actually taking advantage of the high price at the moment. And I think Pilbara fits that uh, criteria. And then you'd probably want to go with something a little more maybe a little more out there, I guess. Maybe even a coal stock. I know coal's terrible. People hate coal, but you know, at the end of the day, TER, Terracom, or even Bowen Coal, uh, stick that in there because I think in the next few years, you know, there's no money going into coal. We saw that with BHP yesterday when they came out and talked about what's happened in Queensland with the royalty stream. You know, that they're now thinking about, oh, are we going to invest in Queensland coal? Because we're getting absolutely rogered on the royalties. So, um, you know, maybe a coal stock in there as a kind of a weird outlier, but um, I still like the resource story, I've got to say, and Macquarie gives you great market exposure as well. Okay, over to you, Ben. If you could start from scratch, would you? Um, I, there's probably, always, there's always some things in your portfolio you think, I wish I could start again from scratch. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the core holdings I would still buy back tomorrow if I was restarting. So, um, you know, the three I'd sort of pick out would be I know CSL is boring and it's talked about frequently, but it, it will be earning a significantly higher, you know, I, I want to buy businesses where I don't have to worry if there's going to be a recession in the next year or two. Um, I know that the earnings are almost certainly going to be significantly higher in a few years than they are today. They've got great balance sheets, whatever's thrown at us, they can survive. Um, and, you know, so I'd CSL um, Aristocrat would be another one for me, which I, I think is just going gangbusters and is trading on 19 times and looks cheap. And um, ResMed is my other one, which, um, you know, I know... So I disagree with all of those. Yeah, uh, well, that's what makes a market. That is what makes <laughs> yeah. a market. Okay, um, you talked a little bit before about duds in our portfolios. Yeah. Everyone has them, myself included. Yeah. What stock do you wish you never bought that's in your portfolio right now? Um, I was trying to narrow it down because everyone <laughs> does that so much. But um, no, Appen would be the standout for me, um, which, you know, I've just underestimated how quickly their customers turned off their spend. And um, probably in hindsight, you know, you always got to try and learn lessons from when things go wrong is probably putting a bit too much faith in the management's commentary to the market and justification for what was going on and you know in hindsight they've just caught it terribly and you can focus on that too much and not try and think about it you know from a different level so that would be the one that stuck out for me. Over to you Henry, what data is in your portfolio? It's giving you a lot of pain at the moment. Uh, I've got so many that I've forgotten <laughs> the names of them and what they do in some. And some have changed from mining to internet back to mining. But one that really annoys me in greats is Carnarvon, which came out today. It's, it's a joint venture partner with Santos. And unfortunately Santos have got 80%, Carnarvon's got 20% of a thing called Dorado up on the northwest shelf. And Santos has just delayed final investment decision. And it's just been a long road, hoping that one day they're going to proceed with this. And it's 
being a 20% in the project, you got no say. You're kind of, you're being led around by the dog collar by Santos and whatever they say, that's it. So that, that has been annoying, especially, you know, it's an oil stock. It's an oil and gas stock. It should, and Dorado's big, so it should be doing well. And it's just been really frustrating that it's not a lot higher. Okay, well, that's all we have time for today. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Buy, Hold, Sell as much as I did. If you did, why not give it a like? Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're adding so much great content every week. Thanks for listening to Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets, Australia's number one source of expert investment analysis. Register for free at livewiremarkets.com to discover more exclusive investing articles, videos, and podcasts.